0: Happy Father's Day, y'all. How you doing? Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, If this is your first time here uh, or you're tuning in online, you're probably up here and you're looking like, what is the pastor wearing? Uh, Today is Father's Day, and typically I get up here every every Sunday, and uh, I stand before you first as pastor for about 70 minutes, uh, but uh, I wear a different uniform throughout the week uh, as dad, and so today as we celebrate dad's felt like it only fitting to wear my dad uniform. And so uh, here I am. Uh, if uh, if this is something that upsets you, the pastor's wearing shorts on stage uh, or a hat, Coastline might not be the church for you. That's all right. We'll love you wherever you go next. Um, but uh, this morning I do want to say welcome and happy Father's Day to all the dads in the room. Uh, moms uh, and, uh, and kids, if you're looking for Father's Day presents, last minute, okay? I'm going to help you out. These are things that dads really like, okay? Uh, first baseball hats. You can get dad a baseball hat. Uh, my kids gave me this one uh, for Father's Day today, New Summer Beach Outfitters. That's pretty sweet. Um, Crocs. Uh, and you probably should never see a pastor wear Crocs up on stage, but Crocs are fantastic. They're the best dad thing, dad, dad invention everywhere. Every, I mean, you can like, they're casual, uh, they're comfortable. You can do things in them. You can do like the lawn. You can put them in four-wheel drive and like run if you needed to. It's wild. They're like double as like, like if your kids are like really being annoying, you can chunk one at them and like it won't hurt them that bad. You just hurt them a little bit. It's really good really great Crocs are fantastic. Hey, if your dad or your your husband doesn't have a pair of Crocs, go buy him a pair of Crocs. It's best like $35 investment that you'll make in his life. Um and just tell him don't wear socks with him cuz that's just weird. We don't wear socks with Crocs people, okay? Um Fishing stuff. Fishing stuff is great Father's Day. Uh, how many dads you be okay with getting some fishing stuff uh, this this Father's Day? Three people. Okay, I'll take the rest of the fishing stuff. Love fishing stuff. Uh, coolers. I got a I got a Yeti cooler up here. Coolers are cool. Dads love drinking. Uh, whoa, whoa, stop. Dads love keeping drinks cold is what I was gonna say. And with that, I guess it's only fitting, right? We're we'll going we'll crack a cold one for dads. Uh, it's a root beer, just don't lose your mind. I know I wear Crocs, I'm not gonna drink a beer up on stage while I preach. Although that'd probably get on YouTube somewhere, right? they probably, we'd get the news up, people know about Coastline quick. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good sound, right? A little A and W. Mm, anybody else want one? I'd chunk one at you, but I'd probably get sued, so we're not gonna do that. But these are just a little bit of things, some things that dads like, um, that dads like. Uh, So treat your dad good, uh, this Father's Day. Um, Man, typically it's kind of funny at Coastline, uh, we have three major holidays that people show up to, Uh, Christmas, Easter, and then both of those uh, somehow get overrun by Mother's Day. Moms love bringing, bringing families to church or whatever, thanks moms for doing that. Uh, Father's Day is the exact opposite, okay? And so if your dad or you came to church today, I want to give you two thumbs up. You're killing it right now. You're doing, you're living your best life in 2023. Uh, Good job. Thanks for coming to church here today, being a good example. I want to take a second uh, and thanks some fathers in my life. One of them is my dad, Charlie Nichols. He's not here today. He's at home, but is he here? Oh, yo, what's up, man? How you doing? I didn't even see him. There he is. Did you wear your Crocs today? Ah, oh, man. Uh, my dad has a pair of camo Crocs that Erica won't let me go buy a pair of like, because she said they look stupid. Um, but they're looking on him. Yeah, yeah, good, good job being daughter-in-law. Um, but, Dad, happy Father's Day. Uh, some lessons in life I've learned from my dad. Uh, lesson number one, uh, I did not know that there was a wrong way to hold a flashlight, but that man taught me the right way. I'm going to tell you right now, thank you. I can hold a flashlight the correct way. Um, taught me the importance of an honest, hard day of work and what that does uh, for your family and your community and you. Um, He taught me the importance of being generous to other people uh, in spite of whether they deserve it or not. And uh, uh, I'm still learning lessons from you. I'm thankful for the lessons that I learned from you that I get to pass down to my kids, Um, but I wouldn't be the man I am today if it wasn't for you. So, appreciate you. Also want to give a shout out to Al Smith. He's my father-in-law. Um, I've got a really cool father-in-law. Like some people don't like their in-laws. I jokingly call him, call him my outlaw, but he really is a cool guy. Um, taught me great things about music, about how to cook good food. Uh, and he makes a killer ceviche with shrimp. I'll tell you what, man, it's the jam. But um, Al, thanks for being my father-in-law. Appreciate it. Um, today I want to do a Father's Day Message, and I'm gonna do this. I'm just gonna do this every Father's Day. Um, One of the things I love to do with my kids, one of the things I love to do as a family, is fish. We got some fishermen here. I know in New Smyrna, a lot of people love to fish. It's a great family event. And so, for this Father's Day, and for the rest of the Father's Days forever to come, I'm gonna do Father's Day fishing message. So today, specifically, I'm gonna talk about fishing. I'm gonna talk about how Jesus used fishermen in His life, uh, and what lessons we can learn from that. So I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to jump into it. You guys ready? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being the good Father that you are. I thank you for the lessons that you've taught us, that you continue to teach us. I thank you that, that no matter how old we get or what point in life we're at, that you're continuing to teach us and train us to be the men and women you've called us to be. I pray that this morning as I read your message, as I read the words here out of, out of Luke, God, that your Holy Spirit would go before me and would adjust our hearts to receive what you would have for us. And I thank you so much for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Hey, before we jump right into it and I read this message, I want you guys to all to stand up across this place uh, and uh, maybe high five three or four people around you. Say uh, happy Father's Day to some folks. And, uh, and yeah. You want you an wanna ice cold root beer, Colin? Ice cold root beer, I got you. Come here. We'll pass on some cold ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm good much like a dad should I also have a Capri Sun anybody want a Capri Sun that's kind of that's what dad should have in their coolers Mike Mendez Mike here you go Capri Sun coming in far you ready hold your hand up if you're ready for it I'm gonna throw it right at you you ready he's not looking at me Mike Mike coming in hot you ready I missed it, I missed it. Anybody want a root beer? Pat, Pat, I'm throwing it at you, you ready? Here we go. Come on, buddy, underhand, whoo. Oh, come on, dude. Somebody sign that guy up for the softball team. Yeah. There's a couple things I hope um, today that you get out of this message, a couple, couple things. One of them is if you're a dad or one day going to be a dad, um, I, my hope is that you find hope uh, in fatherhood for the future, uh, that you understand that, uh, man, it can be a very fun thing. It's a lot of responsibility, but there's a lot of joy that comes with it, um, whether that's spiritual fatherhood or physical fatherhood. Um, and so I hope that you find hope in today and uh, training up whoever God puts in your path for coming down the line. Uh, I also pray that this would be uh, maybe a day to find healing. I understand that for some people, Father's Day is not, not the best time. You maybe have lost a father. Or maybe you didn't have a good example of what a good father should be. And if that's you as as a father, uh, I want to represent for a second for the dads and apologize to you. I don't know if you'll ever get an apology for, for the, the hurt or the pain that you go through. Uh, but for me, I want to let you know that uh, I, I apologize and I hope that that helps with some healing. Uh, but I also understand that, uh, that in spite of our past experiences, uh, God himself wants to be our father and wants to be your father and is your father and wants to show you what a great example of a good father he is. And so I hope you find that in today's message. And the last thing is I hope that we're charged together in understanding that, uh, that fatherhood, that, that discipleship, that part of helping others out is a part of what Jesus has called us all to. Uh, at some uh, at some point in some way. and so I hope that we receive in that. But today I'm going to read from the book of Luke. Luke uh, is one of the four gospels in which uh, Luke I like because he uh, what they say Luke was a physician. Luke was a very smart man, a very intelligent man. And Luke puts more uh, description, more detail in his communications about the life of Jesus and his time with him are, uh, than, than any of the other gospels. And so Luke would have gone and, and talked to the people that have seen Jesus, talked to Mary, talked to all the people that are around Jesus, and gathered all these details and puts them into this very descriptive story. So specifically, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5. This is the very beginning of the message of, of Jesus' ministry. This is just right after he's baptized by John the Baptist. And it says this it says one day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Great crowds pressed in him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. A couple things I want to pull out. This is kind of setting the tone for what's happening. Jesus starting his ministry. Uh, understands that, that there comes a time where he's not going to do it alone. From here on out, as he starts his ministry, he's going to do life in community with others. But as he starts to preach the message that God is telling him to preach, he get, starts gathering crowds around him. It gets to a point where he finds a place on the water's edge and he starts to preach. Now, many of you guys know, uh, you know, when it comes to trying to hear one person talk in a mass of, of people, it can be pretty difficult, not even if everyone's just quiet, but just because of, of the level of, of where everybody is at. At some point, bodies absorb sound. And so this morning, as, as we were even doing sunrises, as, as the Atlantic looked like a lake, as I'm talking about the story, I'm getting this great visual of maybe what Jesus was experiencing, where he comes out, and he sees all these people that are trying to hear this message, and here on the seashore are these, these two boats. And so he gets in one, so he's a little bit elevated above the crowd. And since they're all in front of him, since no one can be in the water, no one's on the boats, he's able to talk and communicate clearly to them and, and, and send this message out for them to hear, for their hearts to, be, to receive. It says as he's doing that, though, the boats are there because the fishermen are washing their nets. <coughs> now I love fishing is, is probably my number one pastime um, It's one of these things that it, it it's something about, it just like silences all the other noise in life and allows me to refocus. Uh, even yesterday with my family, we went out, uh, there was a sh- giant storm in the morning and at about like two o'clock, everything calmed down. We ended up taking the boat out into the uh, ocean and went behind a shrimp boat and caught a couple of sharks, had a, had a fantastic time. And while we're out there, we're seeing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dolphins jumping through the water and you just see this incredible majesty of what God has created for us to be experienced, to experience. The one thing I don't like about fishing though, and the one thing that my daughter was quick to understand, she doesn't like about fishing though, is the fact that you got to clean up afterwards, right? Because you go out all day or you go out for a couple hours and you come home and the boat's got to be washed, the reel's got to be washed, everything's got to be washed, everything's got to be rinsed off. We got about three minutes into it. Next thing I know, I find Olivia. She's curled up in the, the passenger seat of my truck dead asleep, right? She's, she can't hang, she can't hang. The cleanup process is tough. And so Jesus finds these guys, they're in the middle of the cleanup process. But he's like, let me use your boat, I'm gonna preach this message, so they let him use it and he preaches. But this is what happens next. In chapter five, verse four, it says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, which later we would know be, would be uh, called by the name of Peter. He says this to Peter, now go out, where it's deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. Now, here Jesus goes. He goes from the time where he's working. He's doing his ministry. He's working hard. It's, it's, it, I don't know if you guys have ever done it before, but preaching the messages is not an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of time to prepare. It takes a, a lot of energy even communicating it from the stage. So Jesus, after, after doing, putting in the work, he's like, man, I want to go fishing. Which this is a lesson I have for you, dads. Hard work is important. We're going to talk about that in a moment. I think Jesus likes it when we work hard. But I also think it's important that amongst that time of working hard, there's time where we should take time to enjoy, to see, to see the world around us, to experience what he has for us, to spend time with our family making memories. I'm going to tell you right now, dads, hard work is not everything. It's a big part. Work hard at everything you do. But it's also important to take time to pull away. So Jesus says, he's like, hey, I'm, let's go fishing. I want to Let's spend some time. Let's pull away. And this is what is tough, though, because in Luke chapter 5, verse 5, Master Simon replies. He says, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. Been working hard. All night long. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says this. Says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. When I read that today, it's it's, it's one of those things because it's a little tough to read because I understand with the job I have main, which is being a pastor, I work for the Lord. It's easy for me to connect with. But as a property manager, it's tough for me to connect with like, Okay, I'm also doing that for Jesus. As 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 a plumber, how do we how do we get to the point where we say, okay, well, I'm doing this for Jesus, or as an engineer, or as a construction worker, or as a as a mom. Hard work is important. We need to understand that that as we do it, we need to work for these people as we do, like we were we'd be working for the Lord, just like its ministry. And I think it gets back, it gets back to the verse where. Where Jesus says, they will know you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. The way our actions are, the way we treat each other, the way we treat we people that we work for, I think makes a big difference. <coughs> so Peter provides, he's like, man, we've been working all night long. We haven't caught a dang thing. But if that's what you want us to do, then that's what we do. And so the thing that I like about uh that Jesus, as He chooses these guys to be His disciples, later on we'll find out. There's a couple things. One, one I think the characteristic of hard work is a big reason why why Jesus says, "Come with me." But the second thing is, I think because they don't have a lot of give up. One of the things when it comes to being a fisherman, you, you can do. You got to have patience, and you can't be, you can't give up easily. If, you, if you're a kind of person that gives up easily, you're not, you're, there's no chance you're going to make it as a fisherman. I think specifically Jesus understood, like, hey, the things that we're going to go through, the things that you're going you're to experience as you follow me, even today, uh, husbands and wives and sons and daughters, as you follow Jesus, there's going to be times in which you want to give up. And I don't think it's wrong to want to give up. But I think it's important to understand that if we choose to follow him, that we also decide to not give up to continue to pursue, to continue to push on, even when it gets tough. Peter says, he says, but if you say it, I'll let the nets down again. He's not afraid to work hard. He's not going to give up. In verse 6 through 7, it says this. It says, in this time, their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear a shout for help brought them, uh, brought their partners in from the other boats, and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge, <coughs> on the verge of sinking. I don't know about you, but I, I've I've not gotten to the point. I've been with some guys that know how to fish and know how to fish well, but I've never gotten to the point where we caught so much fish that the boat almost sank. I'm I'm ready for one of those days. So you, you guys, let me know when it's happening. I'll be I'll be there with you. Let's go do it. We'll send it. But the thing I picked up from this verse that's important, it says that they, they shouted for help and brought their partners over to them. I think sometimes in life, dads, we get to a point where we think we're alone. We're the only ones that can do it. We're the only ones that can handle the stress and the worry and the frustration of what's going on. Raising daughters and raising and, and and putting food on the table and trying to 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 make a house that is 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 a, a an oasis, a place for people to find our family to find peace. It's difficult and it's tough. But I think sometimes we let the the culture that we live in, or we let the enemy speak into us and and make us think that we are the only ones that can make it happen. We're on our own. But the truth is, is that's not how Jesus communicates in the way that he lives and the way that he teaches. Because in the beginning of his beginning of his ministry, he gathers these guys around him, these disciples, the people that he's going to do life and community with for the next years to come. And even these fishermen, they understand that that they might be the captain of their boat, but there's 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 value in having community and partnerships with those around you. Some of the best guys that I know in this area that are that are fishermen that they are really great by themselves. But those guys have understood that that they're better if they're in a network with other fishermen. And so some of you guys might go and maybe you get on a guide and you're like, man, this guy just knows it. he knows what's going on. I guarantee you that that guy has had three or four conversations that morning before you ever got with him where he's talking with the other fishermen in the network that he is in, finding out what's going on, finding out where the fish are. Because they understand that partnership, that the idea of doing life in connection with other, those around you is better than you being by your own self. <coughs> I remember uh, one of the times where I saw the church in general, do better than it's, it's done in many, many years. My dad invited me to, I was probably 13, 14 years old, invited me to this thing called Promise Keepers. I remember being at the Jacksonville Stadium, the uh, football stadium, and the whole place was filled with just Christian men that came and worshiped, and they listened to messages, and they encouraged each other, and they charged each other, and they did life together. We live in a world where I don't, we don't see that happen very often, where we see dads and fathers separate and doing their own thing. Even the family unit itself is attacked to the point of, of separation. I think partnership and community and doing life together is important. Things you need to know, you need to know that hard work is important. Number two, don't ever give up. And number three, living life in partnership is of great value. In Luke chapter eight, verse uh, or chapter five, verse eight, says, When Simon Peter arrived, what had happened? He fell on his knees before Jesus and said, O oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of the fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, John, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. We're also amazed. The last thing I want to tell you is this: Dad's, Mom's sons and daughters, I, I, I live a life today that I understand is far greater and better because I chose to follow Jesus than doing life on my own. I think just just like this, at some point, Peter has this moment where he understands that, man, I know what my life is capable of. I know what I'm capable of as a fisherman or as a captain or as a, as, 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 as a man. I know what I'm capable of and what I can do. In this one moment of Jesus coming alongside me and showing me just to do something different, it was outside of, of what he would have known to be right, there's no chance in his mind that he thought he would have caught fish that day. This would have been a life-changing, life-altering time in his life. And it was so outside of what he thought to be correct. But because he submitted himself to Jesus, because he said, Master, I, I don't think that's going to work. But you're the boss. You're the master. Whatever you, If you tell me to put the nets down, I'm going to put the nets down. He says he puts the nets down. And because of it, he has this moment, this experience with Jesus that was far beyond anything he had ever had before. I think for many of us, we've gotten to the point of doing things the same way day in and day out, putting our nets on the same side of the boat at the same time. And maybe today you've gotten to the point where you're frustrated with the outcome. I want to challenge you. Maybe it's time to let someone else be the captain of your life. Maybe it's time to say, you know what, that's not working. Maybe Jesus can do something better with me than what I can do with myself. Luke chapter 5, verse 10, the back end of it says, Jesus replied to Simon. He said, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Matthew chapter 4 says this a little bit differently. I want to read it. Jesus called out to them. He said, come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. I think one of the things that uh, no matter what part of life you're in, man or woman, son or daughter, husband or father, I think one of the things that Jesus calls us to do is to help those that are around us. To, to, we're called with a mission to, to be fishermen for other men and other women, to help people that are hurting and help people that are lost along the way. I remember um, years ago when I was a little kid. Uh, I was probably Olivia's age, maybe a little older. She's like 10 now. Olivia's 10, right? Nine, whatever. Same thing. I mean, she's alive, dude. I mean, it is. Come on. I remember mom and dad on her way to church every Sunday, would stop by and pick up uh, this lady. I think her name was Jeannie. I can't remember. That might not be her name. But Jeannie lived in a in a uh, assisted living home. Uh, smart lady, sharp as a tack. She just didn't have anyone with her, and she was um, she lived life in a wheelchair. And I remember we had this. Uh, green Dodge Caravan with wood paneling down the side. I remember it because it was my, I think it was my first car that I actually learned how to drive in. It was great. It was fantastic. I loved that thing. But every Sunday on the way to church, I'd get super annoyed because what I wanted to do was go by Dunkin' Donuts and then get to kids' ministry. But mom and dad said, no, we got to stop and we got to pick Miss Jeannie up. And after church, I just wanted to go, let's go to McDonald's, get a Happy Meal. No, we got to take Miss Jeannie home. And we did this every Sunday for a long, long time. And I remember there was times where Miss Jeannie would bring a friend, and the friend would, like, pinch my cheeks. It was, like, super annoying. And at that time, I remember being frustrated with my parents because I'm like, man, we're, we're trying to get somewhere. Like, why are we stopping? why are we stopping doing this? What I didn't realize at the time was Miss Jeannie didn't have anybody. She didn't have a way to get to church. She didn't have a way to get home from church. And other than the people that lived in that system living with her, we might be the only family that she'd see all week long. And it didn't take a ton of effort for my dad and my mom to decide for us to do this. It's just a matter of saying, hey, part of living life is not just getting to a point where we get through it and our family gets through it. we got to help other people get through it too. I think that for many of us in this world, there's misgenies along the way that, that we forget as much as Jesus wants us to come, in, wants to come in, and wants to change our world forever, to the point where our boats are overflowing with blessing, as we choose to follow Him, He doesn't. He doesn't just want that for us. He wants us to show other people that they have the opportunity to experience that as well. And it might take a little bit of effort. It might take a little bit of time. It might take a little bit of sweat equity. But if we have the opportunity. To help other people experience that, we should be pursuing it. And so today, I want to challenge you to to be a dad to the people in your life, a good father that good father should be. Doesn't mean if you're doesn't mean, if you're a lady or you're a man or a, a son or a daughter, you haven't even had kids yet. I think there's spiritual fathers here that that need to step up, and I want to challenge you with these things. Don't be afraid to work hard, but make sure take time to play hard. It's all right to want to give up, but don't do it. Just keep going. Stay the course. Understand that you're not alone. You're not meant to do it alone. Find some partners. Do life with people around you. It's all right that they do life a little bit different. It's all right. They need you and you need them. Do life together. And lastly, be fishers and men. Help people around you. What God's doing in you, he wants to do in the people that are close to you as well. So I want to challenge you to take a step into fatherhood this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. The last thing is this, is as we sing this last song, there might be some people in this room that maybe you need to be ministered to. Maybe you need to have your heavenly father come down and adjust something in you or set something apart in you. I want you to take the next few minutes to just Open yourself to that opportunity. Heavenly Father, you know the things that need to be pulled out of us, the things that need to be instilled in us. I pray that you would continue to teach us the lessons of life that we need to learn to get through what we're going through. And I pray that as those times when we, in which we, we, we bow down and surrender our plans and our thoughts of how it should be as we cast our nets on the other side. God, I thank you in advance for how you're going to overflow us with blessings. And I pray that today you would charge us to love those around us in such a way that they see you through us. And I thank you so much for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.